Hello and welcome to Season 4, Episode 5 of Viking Story. My name is Alan Laycock-Fuchs, and you are listening to an accompanying podcast to a novel that I've written, which is set in the Viking Age. Now, based on the assumption that a lot of you listeners are interested in my own personal backstory, I'm going to dedicate an entire episode to my background. Uh, but I, even even in this context, even a, in an episode about me, I don't want to make it all about me. Um, I don't know, I'm just not that kind of guy. So I'm also going to give you a little bit of the backstory to this podcast, a little bit of the history behind this podcast, and perhaps give you some little tidbits of information that, uh, yeah, just pull the curtain back a little bit for you. So in regards to this episode, usually when I do an episode, I have a particular Viking topic that I sort of research and prepare for. And depending on what the topic is, it's usually quite obvious, you know, which points are the main points that I need to hit here. And then which points, you know, I could add or not, depending on how I feel. And then which points really aren't within the scope of this episode. So it's more or less black and white, but with this episode, in theory, it should be easier because it's just about me and I know myself quite well, but in reality, it's actually been or proven to be a little bit more difficult because, I don't know, it's, it's di more difficult for me, let's say, to decide what to leave in and what to leave out. So we'll just see how it goes here, I guess, but um, I guess I can start with where I'm from. So I have sort of dropped this into episodes here and there. Some of you might be aware, but I know that a lot of you are not. So I actually was born in Canada, uh, so I am Canadian. I was born and raised in a place called Mississauga, which is, I know at one time it was the sixth largest city in Canada, but it's also a city that probably most people outside of Canada, even some people within Canada, <laughs> might not have heard of. So for those of you not aware, it's sort of in what's called the GTA, the Greater Toronto Area. So you could sort of say it's a suburb of Toronto. It's in that vicinity. And yeah, I lived there until my teenage years, I would say. And it's kind of a bit sad now because I don't live there anymore. All of my family have moved away as well. And even all of my friends, except for one, I, I, I can only think of one person I knew growing up that still lives in Mississauga. Not that Mississauga is a bad place, but just, I don't know, people... People grow up and uh, careers, lives take us different directions. So nowadays, there's almost no reason for me to go back to Mississauga, which is what I would say is the sad part, considering I spent so many of my formative years there. My family now live more north of Toronto in sort of like northern Canada, literally in the forest in some cases. So when I do go back home, back to Canada, I tend to go more north to sort of the Muskoka region and sort of into the, the lakes and forests and nature that Canada has to offer. Obviously, I've lived and studied and visited Scandinavia extensively. So when I say that I've visited Scandinavia extensively, I should clarify that actually. So probably when most people say they've visited a place extensively, you would assume they've been all over that place. For me, it's not like that. I I would always prefer to visit fewer places, but really understand those fewer places rather than go to many places and not really understand what the day-to-day -day life is like for the people living there. So when I, when I do visit a place, I do try to really understand the culture and the people and the region. So when I say I've studied or when I say I've, I've visited Scandinavia extensively, I just mean certain places I've spent a lot of time in and really tried to understand. But yeah, I've also obviously lived in Scandinavia, I've studied in Scandinavia, so I have spent a significant portion of my, I'd say, adult life in Scandinavia. I met my wife while I was studying in Scandinavia as well. She was also studying 
Scandinavian studies, and my wife is German, so I ended up actually moving to Germany to be with her, and now I live here in Germany with her and my family. I have two young kids as well, and I never thought that I would end up in Germany. I kind of thought maybe I would end up in Scandinavia, but Germany's not the worst place in the world to be when you're interested in Vikings because it does literally border Scandinavia. And also, historically, the Vikings were in Germany as well, so there are actually archaeological sites in Germany that are from the Viking Age. So their, their presence was here, and their presence was, was noteworthy because there are studies that you can do in Germany as well that are Scandinavian-focused. So yeah, as I say, it's not the worst place to be, but I have ended up a little bit further south than I thought I would have. <laughs> yeah, just again in regards to my background, my studies. So I am educated as a historian, but I've worked and I have a fair bit of experience as an archaeologist as well. And at least back in the day, these two realms didn't really mix. I think that's changing now uh, because the two disciplines really do complement each other quite well. Of course, there can always be a danger that you're excavating a site and you find the remains of a dog and you say, aha, this is Ehl Skatlikrimsson's dog from such and such saga. And, you know, that, that gets a little bit dangerous. That's like, you know, perhaps going a little bit too far. But certainly there are historical documents and, and they paint a certain picture, provide a certain context, but then the archaeology can sometimes shed more light on the context, on the situation, maybe provide an alternative point of view, perhaps just enhance the point of view already presented, but certainly the two disciplines can work together. And I'm glad to see that they are working more together these days, because just in my own personal opinion as well, if, if you're going to study history, you should take into account all the information that you can, every discipline that's that's out there. <laughs> like I try to get as many resources and, and as much info as you can, because as I talked about in one of my previous episodes about the Vinland map, for example, the first academic book written on the Vinland map did not utilize all the resources at hand. And I think it was detrimental to the overall product because, as I said, if you've got extra information out there, you should really try to scour all the resources that you have to present the best image, the best picture possible. So yeah, I do see a lot of scholars who are also archaeologists these days, and I think that's good for, for academia in general. Yeah, I think that's probably enough about me. Let's talk a little bit about the podcast now. And as I said, let's pull the curtain back a little bit. The podcast kind of came to fruition because, among other things, I also have a background in theater and entertainment. My favorite form of acting, by the way, is improv acting. And I do remember, actually, as a kid, I went to a theater production, and it was all staged and everything was, you know, pre-scripted. But at the very end, they did about 20, 30 minute set of just pure improv. And I was just blown away because the improv part of their show was at least equally as good as the, uh, the main <laughs> theatrical production, which had been rehearsed and, and, and whatnot. So I was just blown away that arguably the, the improv part was even better. And I just thought at the time, wow, you have to be a natural to be able to do that because that is quite a God-given talent. And I was about 12 years old at that time. I can't remember, maybe a bit younger even. But then came my teenage years, and I actually discovered that you could take improv classes and that this was actually a skill that you could learn. And there were certain sort of rules and strategies and, and things that you could be taught. And then I thought, well, I want to give this a try. So I actually ended up doing Second City in Toronto, 
And I actually performed on stage, done improv live, and it's still a passion of mine. Don't do it live so much anymore. It's a little bit more difficult when you're in Germany. I have picked up the language here, so I would say I speak German, maybe not as fluent as a native speaker. I'm pretty good, but at the same time, probably not good enough to be live on stage doing improv in German and making it be funny, you know? <laughs> probably not at that level yet. But uh, I do do a lot of like workshops and I try to do improv here and there when I can. Always been a been sort of a, one of my passions. And I just kind of got the idea. I'd, I'd already written the, the Viking novel that I wanted to write. Or I'd say writing was actually my very first love. And that goes back to my mother. I've mentioned her before in the past as well. But she was an author. She was a published writer. And I just looked at what she was doing and I just thought it was so cool. And you got to work from home a lot as well. And I just thought that's a nice life. And also, I really also had a passion for writing. I wanted to tell stories and thought that this would be a good way to do it. So I'd already written the book, and I had this sort of background in entertainment, you could say, and I just thought, eh, why, why not document my publication journey in a more entertaining way? I don't know if this has ever been done before, but I just had the idea that let's do a podcast. And yeah, the, <laughs> the risk, I suppose, was I never even thought about this, but what if my book never got published? Although then maybe this podcast would just go on and on <laughs> to an infinity. But no, it, 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 it kind of worked out. And I should mention that my brother as well, he's, uh, he's got a proper show. He's on a proper radio station. And he's also been an inspiration for me too. So when I listen to, to him on the radio, also motivates me to continue on with this podcast. Obviously, I've said it before as well, but you listeners motivate me as well. But yeah, my brother, he's got a, a radio show in Canada. If you're interested, it's 88.7 The Bay also known as Hunter's Bay Radio. You can also find it online. So he streams every Saturday. He's known as Saturdave. <laughs> and every Saturday at about, so Central European time, it's usually 6 p.m. Eastern European time, I think it's noon until 3 p.m. And uh, he plays a lot of Elvis, alt-rock, a lot of obscure Canadian artists as well. But that sort of gives you an idea of sort of his wheelhouse. If you're interested in that kind of music or just want to hear my brother, then uh, check him out. But yeah, that's kind of been a parallel to my podcast as well, that I listen to him and, and his voice on the radio, and I try to do something similar here. Here's an interesting tidbit for you guys, I guess. So obviously my podcast is dedicated to my novel and to Vikings as well, but what a lot of people don't know is that the original title to the podcast was actually A Viking Story. So not Viking Story, but A Viking Story. And originally I had created an email address for A Viking Story, and when you create an email, you don't always remember the password right away. I had written it down, but then I misplaced where I had, where I had written it down. So I was immediately logged out of my account and couldn't get in. And I was like, well, this sucks. And so then there were some security questions that I had to answer. And it was like, you know, name some topics of conversation that you've recently had in your email correspondence. And I'm like, there has been no email correspondence. I've just created this account. So I'm like, oh you know, FFS, right? Um, so I decided, screw it, let's just create a new email address and even a new title for my podcast. So instead of a Viking story, it was just Viking story. And if you go back to the old episodes from the first season, when I do my introductions or my conclusions, you can still hear me say a Viking story if you listen carefully enough. But yeah, that's just a little bit of behind the curtains problems that I encountered early on. Yeah, and speaking of the, the podcast as well, so the cover art is maybe something also of interest. I decided 
I want to say against my better judgment, but not really. I'd, I've come to accept it that the horned Viking helmet. So if any of you have studied Vikings extensively, you would know that Vikings didn't actually wear horned helmets. Nevertheless, when you see a horned helmet, you naturally think of the Vikings. I actually don't know what else you would think of. So I wanted to have a very simple image on my cover art that was representative of the Vikings in a sense. So even though I felt bad about it because academically it's not, you know, it's not really historically accurate that the Vikings wore horned helmets, although there has been at least one archaeological find where there was a, a horned helmet from the Viking Age, it was interpreted that this was probably something worn by a Gothi or some religious person during a religious ceremony, so not something that was typically worn every day, certainly not worn at the battle. So, I mean, there is actually at least one <laughs> Viking-aged horned helmet, but by and large, the Vikings didn't wear horned helmets. Nevertheless, I thought it was appropriate for my cover art. What is a little bit more historically accurate in the cover art, you might have noticed that there are some runes, and these runes are not arbitrarily placed. So actually what they are, these are the first six characters of the Viking alphabet. So the Viking alphabet is called the Futhark, and this is also sort of the pronunciation of the six, the first six letters if you were to read them out. And similar to the god Tyr, I spoke about him before as well, there's that rune, the arrow pointing up, that is the Tyr rune. And a lot of times in the archaeological record, we see that the Vikings carved the Tyr rune, and it was supposed to be representative of the god Tyr. So you didn't have to write out his whole name. Not that he's got a long name anyways, but still, one letter to represent the god was a little bit more efficient. So in a similar sense, the first six letters of the Viking alphabet, the Futhar, if you just wrote those out, they were representative of the entire alphabet. And you might wonder, why would the Vikings write out their alphabet? That's a bit strange. Were they, I don't know, were they teaching or something? But no, actually, I've, again, spoken about this in the past as well, but there is a certain magic associated with the runes and with reading and writing and this sort of magical element, this magical property. It was seen to be, you know, a little bit lucky and fortuitous and... Vikings, we see this in the archaeological record as well, that they'll write the Futhark on things where they wanted to sort of invoke us a sense of, just a sense of luck or good fortune, I suppose, or this magical representation. And this is what I've written on my, my podcast cover art as well, and it seems to have worked. My podcast has been more successful than I would have thought. But yeah, that's what, that's what that is. So there's a little bit of behind-the-scenes information, some tidbits that uh, a lot of people don't know about this podcast that I thought I would share with you. And yeah, just once again, I, I'll just say out loud that I've enjoyed podcasting so far. I've even weirdly enjoyed being a podcaster, which is something I never thought that I would actually be. And I hope that for you listeners that this podcast has provided a unique Viking content from a person with a unique perspective and unique insight on Scandinavia, on the Viking Age. And yeah, something a little different that you can't just get anywhere else, I hope. So thank you for, for joining me along with this journey. There is going to be one more episode to come, don't worry, but until then, if you'd like to get in touch, if you've got any questions, feel free to write in to vikingstoryfaq at outlook.com. Not a Viking story, just <laughs> vikingstoryfaq. I'd love to hear from you, and thanks again for listening. Q Thor's Thunder. Thunder.